are the words there seems to be so abstract sometimes? How come form is emptiness, emptiness is form, and how come form is none other than emptiness, emptiness is none other than form, and then there's a lot of explanation on using negation. Um, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no tongue, no body, no mind, no form, no sound, no realm of the eyes. And a lot of explanation by negation. And then sometimes explanations by uh, confirmation, by affirmation. Through practicing Prashtaparamita, then there will be no obstacles. If you don't have any obstacles in your mind, then you're free from suffering. So the whole sutra is short, but it contains a lot of meaning. For those who have the patience to go through it, understand it in detail, then you understand Prashta Paramita. Then you have a relatively um, a very beginning understanding um, of what the Buddhist teaching is all about. We have explained the meaning of emptiness through Dhammadhatu, conditional arising or conditional causation, through karma, conditional causation. And now we should be talking about Taragatagabha, conditional arising. So we all understand what conditional arising is, what conditional causation is. And to look at conditional causation, we can look at it from four perspectives. And we elaborate in detail the first one, the second one. The third one we already have mentioned, but let's go through it again. Form is not other than emptiness, and emptiness is not other than form. From the perspective of Taragatagabha, or Buddha Dada, there's a lot of terminology in it, but don't get scared of the terminology that you don't understand it. Once you understand terminology, then you know what it means. It's just like understanding any kind of knowledge in which they contain a lot of profound meaning. Everything in the cosmos, if we'll if we break it down into, into two broad categories, we can break it down into either phenomenon or phenomena. That is a breakdown using um, a very famous German philosopher. He used these two categories as a breakdown. Phenomena or nomina. Phenomena, it's everything. Everything, including every particle, every proton, every electron, everything perceptible to you, those that you can perceive, you can hear, you can listen, you can taste, you can touch, everything. We call it phenomena. Apart from phenomena, there is also the nomina. The nominant is you cannot touch it. Some people call it thinking, but thinking you still can use your consciousness to feel about it. But that's all something that is beyond language, beyond conception, beyond conceptualization. We use waves and water as an example to explain this because it's easier to grasp by using that. Waves and water have the same nature, but waves are what you can immediately see. You know that waves, you can see waves going up, but waves is none other than water. And water is none other than waves. Don't segregate the two as two distinct things. If we use waves and water as an example, waves, every wave is different. Wave is phenomenon. Every wave is different. And how does a wave come about? Conditional causation. When the wind blows, 
Well, there's water. When the wind is really violent, the, the waves will go up higher. When the wave, when the breeze is so gentle, it will be just like a ripples on the water, a very small wave. Every wave is a phenomenon. But the wave is actually water. And you have to recognize that the wave is water. And wa water, using this example, of course, water you can still can touch, is the phenomenon of it. Don't segregate the two. So if we, if we use this as an example, emptiness is wave. Phenomena is the wave, and nomina is the water. If a wave only sees its form, if I'm a wave, and I only see my form, with my rising and falling and appearing and disappearing, I'm a wave, and I know my birth, I know my death, I know my rising up, I know I'm small, I'm big, I know I'm different, I'm a wave. If I do that, then I would be afraid of disappearing. Just an example. I would be afraid of death. But if the wave sees that it is water and identifies itself with water, then it will be emancipated from the fear of life and death because each wave is, its wave is water. I, I, I'm water. I'm still, I'm still there. I'm still water. But you don't recognize it. You, you, you think you're a wave. Form, the water is none other than wave. The wave is none other than form. Now, how does that understanding benefit me? People like to say how it benefits me by understanding that. That means you have to get into the essence of things, to get into the reality of things, see what that thing actually is. I'm a wave, but I'm actually water. I'm not different from water. I have never been born, I've never died, because I'm water, I'm just an appearance. So that's another way of looking at everything in the world. You have to see what it actually is, and don't be cheated by it. Don't be cheated by happiness. Don't be cheated by suffering. Don't be cheated by uh, dualistic thinking of rich and poor, beautiful and ugly. Don't be cheated by that. You see, it's reality. Maybe I should give another example. An example in understanding what is a phenomena and what is a phenomena. Um, I have earrings, neckness, charms. I have uh, bracelets, and it's all made from gold. I have varieties of forms, but I'm also gold. The bracelet, the ornaments is gold. Bracelets, conditional causation, how you make it. There are many conditions to make it come true, but I'm actually gold. I'm not just ornaments, I'm gold. Um, then if you understand that, then you understand that you have to see what things is really is. If I use that example, electricity, um, every bulb is different. A bulb may have different color. Some bulb may be round, some bulb may be square. Every bulb is different. But then the bulb is only the appearance. There is something in there that, there's an example we call eternity, and that's electricity. It does not matter if the bulb dies or not. The bulb can, the inside of it, the wire would break down and the bulb 
uh, the bulb becomes dysfunctional. It cannot function anymore. But the electricity is always there. But every bulb thing that, oh, I'm a bulb, I died. Oh, I, I'm born, I, I, I'm switched on. I'm born, I die. But there's no life, there's no birth, and there's no death. We only delusion, we, it's only a delusion that we live by. The bulb is electricity. Um, but identify, if the bulb knows this, the bulb would be happier. If the bulb thinks that, oh, I die, oh, I'm born, oh, I'm happy, oh, I'm sad, then the bulb is going through a lot of suffering. Talking about suffering, the other day we met another teenager. Um, when we were talking about suffering, he disagreed. Life is not suffering. Nobody died in his family. And he's a rich family, everything is provided for, for him. He's driving a, a sports car. So he has uh, uh, five tutors mentoring him in his studies. And he has got everything. So what is suffering? He does no suffering. So I, I, I don't believe in his suffering. I'm happy. Because conditional causation has not happened that would bring him suffering. One day there's a stranger who asked the Buddha, who is your teacher? And the Buddha replied, my teacher is suffering. I learn a lot from my teacher. If you haven't experienced suffering, maybe you haven't really experienced life. If nobody died in your family, I still remember when I was about eight, nine years old, I never put my mind as to what's the meaning of death. We never have anybody die in the family. And sometimes when we hear about death, it's just a distant relatives. We never have experienced it. Uh, until more and more, I, we experience more and more, then we know what suffering is. Usually, when a person is growing, adding accumulating experiences in life, in the process of accumulating experiences, in the process of experiencing life, he only react to environments. He never put insight into things. So for example, that is you. And how do you react to your environments? Nothing but senses, environments, and reactions. When your eyes see something, your eye consciousness is created. You like it, you feel happy. You dislike it, you, you don't like it. You don't feel happy about it. For that reason, a lot of your senses, your ears, your nose, your tongue, your body, your mind, that's you. That's me. There's a combination of my eyes, my ears, my nose, my, my tongue, and my body. What did my body consist of? Our lungs, our heart, our kidneys, skins, everything about you. The Buddhist teaching point out conspicuously about eyes, ears, nose, tongue, because they are the outdoors, they interact with the world. But our internal body is also interacting. But just through touch, the body through touch, and through all these interactions. And then the mind also interacting. All this consciousness is created. And the creation of this consciousness is not just, oh, suddenly, we know. It's through conditional causation. If conditions are not ripe for your eyes to see, 
you can see. If conditions for your ears you cannot hear, you cannot hear. Everything is conditional arising. And even consciousness itself is conditional arising. If you start to analyze in that way, then you start to know more about yourself. If you start to know more about yourself, then you start to concern not only about, oh, where should I go for lunch? What should I cook for lunch? When am I going tomorrow? Oh, tonight we have a party, and where do I buy all the food, and I'm going to invite this friend. You know, you, every day we have literally doing the same thing. We eat our breakfast, our lunch, our dinner, we, we go through all these rigmaroles of life, doing every, all these things, and would you sometimes say, what's the meaning of all this? What's, what's the meaning of just keeping myself alive? Particularly if I have a lot of suffering, why do I have to go through suffering? Sometimes I'm happy, but how come happiness is not lasting for too long? Now how come people are different? How come I go through all these things that people haven't gone through? And do you start to query about these things, about life? I guess when you start to query about these things in life, your understanding into the nomina of life is trying to open this door to absorb more. 2,600 years ago, there was a man, a prince, Siddhartha Gautama. He enjoyed all the luxuries of life in the palace with all these courtesans and wives and um, serpents and all the luxuries in life. It was the prince and he's going to succeed the king. But he didn't feel happy after all the dancings and drums and the music. Um, all his girlfriends, all his ladies lying on the floor and they would look beautiful and they were dancing but when they were sleeping, saliva was coming out of the mouth and they sleep like a, a dead body. It's not interesting anymore to him. What appeared to be so beautiful <laughs> appeared to be so ugly and he didn't like it. He said, there must be something in life that I should be searching for. And then later he gradually find out, why do we have to die? And then why do we get born again? What, what is, how come people, we all will go through all kinds of suffering, aging, sickness? How come when a family member die, we all feel grief-stricken. How come some people were treated in this way? Um, how come we have all these inequalities? He started to think. And he wanted to look for a way to understand all this. There must be a, a meaning in life. It's in search of that meaning. And in his mind, he knows that I can get away from all this. I can get away from sickness, I can get away from death, I can get, get away from these, all this suffering. There must be a way that I can get away from this. So he continued to search, to become an ascetic. And later, he, he got enlightened. He understood the true meaning, the reality of life. And he was able to, to get away from life and death. No more life and death, no more suffering. 
And after he has done that, he had done that, then he introduced what he discovered, what he found, and, 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 and told us that, well, you can do it the same way. You can get away from all this suffering. It's just you were attached to them. You didn't, you didn't find a way out. How many people are interested in that? We're living day from day, day one to day two until we, we find ourselves into the grave. <laughs> and that's the end. But that shouldn't be the end. Because the wave, once it disappears, it comes up again if you haven't attained an enlightenment. Until the waves belong to the water, then you discover the true self. <laughs>